Hello everyone, this is Matilda Tavanian. Uh, it's Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to Soul. It's the second episode and today I have the honor to, um, to interview Nelson Zabrano. Um, he's uh, born and raised in America, New York, uh, from Colombian parents. Um, he's a real estate private equity and he survived 9-11 attacks. So I've heard a little bit about him and his history, about his life, and I think it's very fascinating. And I'm sure we, we can learn a lot from him. So um, Nelson, you're my first guest. I'm very happy to have you. And um, tell us a little bit about you, about, a little bit about your background, so we all know where are you, where are you coming from. What's your story? Well, Matilda, um, I'm, first of all, I'm very happy to uh, be a guest on your show, and I'm very happy to be the first guest on your show. Um, uh, a bit about my background, just like you mentioned, um, my parents are Colombian, they're immigrants. They immigrated from Colombia to the United States, and they did something uh, pretty unique. They sent me back to school in Colombia, to a school for expat kids, for, um, to a school for expats. And I have to say thank you to my parents, especially my dad, because he said, every one of my children will learn a foreign language and you'll have a very global point of view. And, uh, and by doing that, it made me in particular have a very different viewpoint of the United States um, because I saw the US from the outside in versus only looking from the inside out. Um, and that, uh, made me very comfortable working with other cultures um, inside the military, outside of the military. Um, and, you know, it, it has been a huge, huge dividend that I got from going to school as a, as a young child overseas as an expat. So that was fantastic. That was, uh, I really can't emphasize enough the worldview that it, that it made for me. So it made me comfortable in other languages, other cultures, other food, other customs, other experiences. Uh, that really helped out a lot. The, um, uh, I, and then I came back to New York and that was a big change because I went from an expat kid, this kind of high, high life to a kid in Brooklyn. Big difference. <laughs> and, it, and it isn't the Brooklyn of now where it's, it was the Brooklyn of then. Uh, I went to school at the university. Reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that other. The other one was reality too. I like the other one. Um, and then I um, I went to high school in the U.S. I went to college at the University of Georgia, which is also a very good experience. Um, I wanted a military career because I, and we talked about this. I fell in love with James Bond movies, and those movies, those books they opened up a whole different life that I said, wow, I could live that way. I could do that. I could, I could enjoy those things. You know, there's somebody who lives that way and I want it to be me. So, um, so that really, uh, I found that to be fascinating. And I, I thought that was the most, the highest and best calling a human being could do would be that type of public service. Uh, unfortunately, the Russians decided they didn't want to be bad guys anymore, and the Berlin Wall went down, and we didn't need this huge military. So they said, um, 
we, we don't need your services. And I said, well, you, you, you paid for a bunch of money to, to send me to college. He says, I want to go. He says, no, don't worry about it. You don't owe us any money. So I was probably the only person. Say again? You're good to go. Go home. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I said, but I don't want to go home. I, I want action, adventure, excitement. Um, but what happened is then I was recalled to active duty for the first Gulf War. And then I went to Iraq. Uh, I went to Kuwait. Um, and that was quite an experience by itself. Um, when that was over, I came back to the U.S. I got to do a lot of really interesting things um, uh, in the first Gulf War. My unit, I was in a special forces unit. And um, I moved to Florida. So that part of my life was living in Florida. Great, fantastic. Um, and I divide my life into pre-9-11 and after 9-11. Then the World Trade Center attacks came. I was scheduled to be at the World Trade Center by a fluke of nature. I wasn't there. Um, as a matter of fact, I was um, supposed to be having breakfast on the top oh my God. at Windows on the World. And uh, I told the guy I worked with, I said, between 9 o'clock and 9.15, we'll be eating croissants on top. I remember I told my boss that. He wasn't my boss. He was just senior to me. And the first plane, I think, hit at 9.16 or 9.17. So I would have been stuck on top. There would have been no possibility of escape. Um, I wasn't there. The, um, the towers went down. Um, all, all of the people that I knew got out. They, so that was a good thing. Um, I did get a severance package. And with that severance package, I bought a small uh, multifamily property. I was then recalled to active duty, deployed overseas, um, came back, uh, bought another property, deployed, came back, uh, worked with Lloyds of London because of my military background and languages and business handling, kidnap and ransom uh, insurance for Lloyds of London. Uh, I was then recalled to active duty again for, um, for a situation happening in Colombia and South America, um, where I was, um, giving advice to the Colombian special forces, um, as part of the U S special operations advisor, um, to liberate three Americans. And I think it was 14 or 19 Colombians to include a vice president, a presidential candidate who were being held hostage by the FARC. Oh, wow. Um, so um, did a couple of more deployments and I wrapped up all my time. Uh, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and they said, hey, Colonel, it's time for you to retire. And uh, I said, okay, time to grow the fund again. <laughs> so that, 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 that's my whole story. That's it. Beautiful. Uh, I mean, actually fascinating to, um, I think it's very important for everyone to hear how you've been insane from all of the, how did you keep yourself normal after seeing all these wars and all of the ugliness of a human being that is capable of doing? Um, how do you keep yourself in peace? You know, that's a good question. Um, General Mathis, who be, later became Secretary of Defense Mathis, um, and General Mathis, I believe, was Chairman of the Joint Chiefs under President Obama, and 
became Secretary of Defense under President Bush, under, excuse me, President Trump, he called um, PTSD, because that's kind of what we're talking about here slightly. Um, he said it could, for some people, it can be post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And for other people, it can be post-traumatic growth. Um, and in my case, I look at it as a, um, type of a post-traumatic growth because it makes me appreciate a lot of things. So I, I appreciate a lot. I bet. This is, I mean, I cannot imagine what I would have done if I was in your position, but, um, I guess it's very true when they say it's not what happens to you. It's how you look at what happens to you. And in this case, you could have been very depressed after seeing friends dying, after, um, you know, after seeing lots of ugly moments at war. But you choose to look at it, uh, the beauty of it, that you can learn from it and grow from it. And actually, it helped you become more successful in life. Yeah, I. I looked at it like, again, uh, public service being, it's a way of being of service. Um, Generally, most people say, you know, someone ought to do something about that, right? If someone sees something that's wrong, they say someone ought to do something or they should be a law against that, right? Well, sometimes we, right? We are that someone. So, when someone ought to do something, that someone is us. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a lot of cases, I wanted that someone to be me. I, you know, I look at the future and I say to myself, what would my, my children or my grandchildren or great grandchildren, when they say, hey, uh, you know, great daddy or grandfather, great grandfather, when all of this was happening, what did you do? What were you doing? And I wanted to be able to tell them, you know, hey, your grandfather, your father, your great grandfather, he did all these things. Amazing. You know. Requires so while everybody else was was crying or criticizing or the 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 critic in the stands in the audience, I wanted my kids to know your father was making something happen. Amazing. That requires a lot of bravery and a lot of courage. I am I I am sure I would never capable. I'll be like crying for our first day. I'm like, please take me off. <laughs> That's amazing, beautiful lesson. Um, so I want to ask you one thing: What is your understanding of self? I mean, you went through all these um, experiences. Uh, some of them very challenging in life. So how do you understand self? How do you, how do you define that? Well, the first thing I want to say is um, we should never underestimate what we're capable of. And we really underestimate ourselves. Um, when a person says I would be crying, I would be this, I would be that. Um, there's movie bravery, movie courage, and then there's the real stuff. Yeah. And um, I cried plenty of times. I cried so many times. Um, So there's movie courage, 
movie bravery, and then there's real bravery. Um, so one looks very in in these things. There's no background music. Sure. You know, there's no like do 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 music. There's none of that. Okay, it just happens, um, and then you act or you react. But not to underestimate that just because a person is crying or feels a certain way, that doesn't mean that you don't go through and do it. Yeah. It just doesn't look pretty. But it's done. I'm sure so, you um, lost a lot of friends that you really loved through the period that you were in the military. Uh, friends that were injured. Have you ever injured? They've been injured. Um, you know, it's uh, it's funny. I'll tell you a story. Uh, so one of my soldiers said to me, "Hey, sir, you know, you got to get checked out." And um, you know, in the military, we're very rank conscious. And in my units, I always try to maintain the respect, but minimize rank. Like if there was a problem, I wanted them always to be comfortable to tell me. Because sometimes people don't talk about the problem because they're not comfortable, they're embarrassed, they're ashamed, or they're, oh, the boss is going to yell and scream or something. And um, so one of my soldiers said, hey, Colonel, um, you got to get checked out. And um, I said, no, 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 I'm okay. So right off the bat, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, you know, I'm in charge. I'm okay. And they persisted. Um and then they said to me, and I always, and I'm so glad they persisted. They said, hey, uh, Colonel, you're really good at what you do, but you still ain't qualified to diagnose yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went and uh, I'm really glad I went and got checked out. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's part of that as far as the injuries and so it's important to have other people that you're comfortable and trust for me anyway, for them to talk and say, Hey, you got to get checked out. Very nice. Mm -hmm. So, um, tell us about, uh, any hardship you had in your life, any setback you had, but then, um, you overcame it and you came stronger. Actually, you came out of it strong and the lesson that you've learned from it? Um, you know, there's probably two. Um, and you asked me another question, so I'm sorry I didn't get to that question about the self. And uh, so could you repeat that question again, please? Um, for the self? Mm -hmm. yeah, what is the uh, what is your understanding of self? How do you define our self? Yeah. yeah, our self has to do with our values and uh, what we hold important. So it could be uh, I value friendship, my friendship with people. Uh, I value being consistent. Um, and then we have pillars that we attach ourselves to, right? So one pillar could be health, right? So that's part of right health and fitness. So that's something very important right there. 
Um, but it's the big thing is what we value is, and are those values something that we're going to, um, that they're not too flexible. You know, that if I tell you I got your back, I got your back. Um, I'm thinking, um, I mean, a man in, from your background, in your position, you've been in so many critical moments in life. Like, I'm sure there were moments that you weren't sure you're going to live next moment or not. Um, in that second uh, that you're fighting for your life, you're fighting for your friends around you. Um, what were you thinking? Were there any... What was keeping you going? What was keeping you strong and focused? Um, you don't want to let your people down. Mm -hmm. That's really what goes through my mind. It's I do not want to let my uh, my soldiers down. Wow, that's like sense of high responsibility. That's a yeah. Th that's more important than anything. That's more important than getting hurt, getting killed. I don't want to let them down. Amazing. You know, some cultures, uh, now that we've been talking about it, some cultures, like in Japanese culture, people have that kind of, um, uh, that kind of a self and responsibility of self a lot. Um, even if they're doing something very simple, I don't know, they are a train uh, conductor or something. For them, it's so important that they do their job in a perfect way. And uh, some other cultures, from the culture that I'm coming from, maybe not everything is on a high stake. It's very interesting. But I'm sure in the military, everything is 10 times more, 100 times more, because it's about life, it's about any mistake can change people's lives dramatically. And, and it's a lot about trust, about trust and confidence and uh, trust in people, trust in people that you may never see again, trust in people that you might never see. Um, yeah, I mean, trusting in people that uh, you wouldn't think twice about. But there's a huge amount of trust. And you connect with them in such a deep level that it's amazing, amazing. That situation dictates uh, unity. Uh, amazing. Yeah, it's a huge amount of camaraderie. And that's really, so when you talk to people who leave the military, they say, what do you miss? And almost generally they say, I miss the camaraderie. You missed the camaraderie. Well, okay, now the next question. So tell us about the hardship you faced and how you came out of it. And what was the mm, Probably. Probably, probably, probably. Probably the two would be one, well, one happened, um, I got selected to go to ranger school 
and I was in the reserves, actually the National Guard at the time. And um, the reserves at that time got much less funding than the active duty component. So I was in the reserve. So I had a civilian career. I worked for a financial services organization. And they said, hey, Nelson, we got a slot to go to Senator Ranger School. So I was really excited um, because it's a really big thing for an officer, especially an infantry officer, to be Ranger qualified. And it's a very tough, difficult, demanding eight-week school um, very, very tough leadership course. Uh, people on the average will lose anywhere from 20 to 40 pounds when they go to it. Um, and, uh, so I went and at one part of the program, I was kicked out, you know, I got kicked out and that really bothered me. It, it really shook me because it wasn't because of anything physical, um, that I was, uh, dropped from the course. Um, and it's so difficult. It took, it's taken me, I've never spoken about this, by the way, getting booted out of ranger school, much less using the word kicked out. Um, so I was feeling really down. Um, but at some point, and it wasn't like a conscious automatic decision. It was like a slow buildup of a decision. I, it was almost like an unconscious decision. I made it a point that I would be a part and I would do things and I would get myself to the point that I would negate the fact that I had not completed ranger school. That when somebody said, Hey, we got something really tough to do. They said, you're sending Zambrano, right? Zambrano's your man. And I wanted to make sure that he is like Zambrano's the guy. And I wanted to make sure there was a bunch of people who said, you're sending your best guy, right? And they say, Zambrano's going. And if they had to replace me, they had to send two or three people to replace one of me. Wow. Amazing. So that to me was uh, a big, a big deal. That really, really shook me that that was not going to happen to me again. Um, and, um, the other thing is when I was a little kid, I used to stutter a lot. I had a big stuttering problem. Uh -huh. So I, I did all kinds of things and exercises to make myself not stutter. Wow. That's amazing. So, so yeah. Those are my, uh, and the stuttering boy, that used to freak me out because I would hate to talk in public or when I had to talk to people, I'd, uh, uh, you know, Nothing, I so that would really get them. You're my first guest and, uh, I have this amazing guest. Like this is a very good luck. You've accomplished so much. One of the things that maybe I wish I have is your courage. Because I think um, lots of things I haven't done in my life, there was a lot, or I have a lot of resistance, is the fear. Uh, maybe fear of the unknown or fear of, I don't know what. So I feel like maybe certain things I haven't accomplished in life or I'm not where I'm supposed to be is because of the fear. And I wish I had more of your uh, attitude in life that I would just jump in and I would have that James Bond attitude. I'm the opposite of James Bond, <laughs> uh, but I guess I have to just put out, put myself out there and um, 
be more brave like you. So I'm very happy that I'm interviewing you and I'm learning from you from this a lot. Um, okay. Give me some credit, Matilda. You've done a lot. Uh, yeah, but I don't think I put, I never put myself in an uncomfortable situation, let alone an uncomfortable physical situation. I'll be like, oh no, I'm scared, like I shouldn't do it. But uh, reality is, um, you know, you miss out a lot. You miss out the fun of life a lot because the, the excitement and the big lessons are outside of your comfort zone. And I should do that more often, I think. Um, do you have any regrets in life, Nelson? Ooh, um, I guess my regrets are um, maybe that I didn't do something sooner. Um, that I didn't do something sooner. That's my, like I'll procrastinate, I'll put something off and then I'll do it and I'll find out that, wow, it wasn't so hard after all. Um, so that, that could be a regret. Um, and again, it's a, um, not always giving myself credit for doing things. Um, and I, I think I have been, I, and I believe, again, I can't talk for most people, but I believe most people don't give themselves credit for things that they've done. Even it's little things, mm -hmm. even little things. They don't, we don't give ourselves credit uh, for doing things. Uh, I mean, you were just stuck in Iran, weren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, the, the average person, the average American, I know, I'm pretty certain, would be scared to death to travel to Iran. <laughs> yeah. And, Tough time there. you know, and I, I, I wish I would, I would be there just to see what it's like and the culture and the food and, and everything. So, um, you know, something like that. I mean, I, I wish I'd have gone to Cuba while Phil Castro was still alive to go visit, you know, see what it's like. Uh, and again, it's doing things sooner. Interesting. Um, so if you would have had a chance to talk to yourself at the age of 20, what would you do? Like if you had the chance to go back, would you give yourself certain lessons? Um, I tell myself to um, line things up and, and just get it done, that somehow it would work out somehow. Uh, I mean, line things up, go forward. Um, and that uh, things would work out. You know, just uh, continue to go forward. So, for example, there was no ranger school, but I got to do some incredibly other things that I think if I had gone, I would have been satisfied. Hey, I'm ranger qualified. But because I didn't, I had to go overboard. Mm -hmm. And I got to do things well above um, where I would have to pinch myself and say, wow, this is incredible. I get to do this. Wow. So, and that when things work out, I mean, really don't play small. 
you know, don't, don't play small. I mean, um, last year I climbed the Mount Kilimanjaro with, um, the Nelson Mandela foundation. Wow. And, and I've been waiting, you know, waiting, but you see, when you wait, nothing happens. And then I met a guy in a bar, literally, I met a guy in a bar and we started talking. He had this funny accent. And I said, where are you from? He said, South Africa. And we started talking and Nelson Mandela, and he was a white Afrikaans of Afrikaans descent. And he said, you could be South African. I said, why? He said, you know so much about our history. You know about, and I said, Madiba. He said, you even call him Madiba? And I said, yeah, I've always wanted to go. So he smiled. And then he asked me, what else have you wanted to do? I said, I've always wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And then a big smile came on his face. And I said, really? And I said, he says, where are you smiling? He says, I just happened to be part of a non-for-profit and we support Nelson Mandela's legacy. And then we climb Mount Kilimanjaro and the objective is to hit the summit on his birthday. Oh, wow. And I said, I can check my, my bucket list all at the same time in two weeks. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> and he said, yeah, this is what it's all about. He told me, he said, do research. I said, I don't have to do any research. I'm going to be there. So, uh, I met him. The, it was a really bad car accident. So I couldn't go for one year. I went the next year, but I'm glad I didn't go the first year because the second year was his 100th birthday centenary. And it was the, and it was the first time president Obama was going to give a talk after leaving office. Oh, nice. So. While we were, so while we were climbing the mountain, we didn't know this because we're, you know, up in the mountain, President Obama gave a speech in Kenya, excuse me, in Tanzania. And he said, several of my countrymen are climbing that mountain. And he was talking about us. <laughs> and so, so that was like a series of things. And I, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I mean, to have our group, he didn't mention me, but he mentioned the group and to just meet somebody at a bar who said, Hey, this, yeah, at a bar. Uh, and we're great friends today. Um, and I got to go to Nelson Mandela's house. Um, it was like being in that movie, um, the one that they made about him with, um, with Morgan Freeman. So it, it was, so I would tell myself to, be, you know, give myself credit, go forward on things. And, um, the other part is at the end, there was a, um, an astronaut from the international space station took a picture of Mount Kilimanjaro and, and he wrote on his Twitter, he said, Hey, one day I'm going to climb that. And I climbed the mountain with these group of people, these South Africans who were there. Uh, and it was really tight and as a special group, because when we went back to Johannesburg, they gave us a hero's welcome as if we were like the Apollo 11 astronauts. Um, and the astronaut was writing in his Twitter about one day I'm going to do that. And I, and I was thinking to myself, I'm there. I'm, I don't believe this. I actually feel sorry for that astronaut. I mean, to me, astronauts in James Bond, you were larger than life characters. And I was thinking, wow, he's, he's not going to have the chance to do what we did. He hasn't done that. So, um, so yeah, it's to give ourselves credit for doing stuff.
and then to go for it and do it. Amazing. To go for it and do it. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Nelson, um, so, I mean, you kind of cheated death. You came out of, I mean, you could have been dead, obviously, if you were at um, the Twin Tower. How do you, do you feel happiness? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a, a man that experienced such a profound feeling. Uh, their connection to happiness will be a little bit different. Not only your 9-11 scenario, the, your wars that you've been and you served the country. How is your connection to happiness? I'm sure your connection is so much different than a man that never gone through this kind of um, profound experiences. So share us your wisdom about happiness. Do you feel happy? Uh, well, I don't know if it's wisdom. Um, I, 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 think, I think it's all relative, right? It's all, it's all relative. And sometimes I have to remind myself to be happy. Um, I have to remind myself because it's very easy to go downhill. It's very easy to, it's easy to do that. It's easy to complain. It's not that easy to find a reason for it to be nice. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think for happiness, it's important to find some kind of humor in things. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I'm driving in traffic, and the person behind me is in a hurry and they're honking the horn. I just say to myself, um, you know, you should have gotten up earlier, you know, <laughs> because if you'd have gotten up early, you'd be ahead of me. So I, that's kind of a strange, um, <laughs> or, um, or when I see somebody, you know, being like a bad driver, I say to myself, he's a bad driver. Just like me at times. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Seriously, basically. And laughing about things. Yeah. Yeah, it's the humor and things. Um, but happiness is very relative. Happiness is, is it, to me, I find it to be very relative. Yeah, maybe content mm -hmm. would have been the right word to ask. Yeah, have to be to be content. To to be content, to be able to enjoy it. Like one thing I found is little things, really, really, really little things, make me incredibly happy. It's amazing. <laughs> like a nice cup so of coffee. Really, <laughs> let me tell you, a cup of coffee in the morning mm -hmm. and a cup of and a cup of tea in the evening, talking with friends for 15, 30 minutes, to me, I think is like a big wow moment. I, I, and it's tough to explain, but I just get incredible joy from that. I get incredible joy from coffee in the morning, tea in the evening, and what I really enjoy is to get up before the sun, go to the beach, drink coffee on the beach, and w be there as the sun comes up. Oh, now I want that too, uh, Nelson. <laughs> Very nice. 
beautiful i think we have to wrap up but i want to ask you the last question if okay um what you have to share one lesson that you've learned in your life till this day what would be and from your insights more education is not always better <laughs> um it's that we should go through things i mean have experiences uh go through things and try to be like a little kid like a little kid imagines i mean a little kid whether it's a boy or a girl they imagine that they're a superhero they're batman they're superman they're wonder woman um and to don't forget that um because a little kid won't won't stop trying a little kid will continue and try and ask and this and that and like try to open something and always be curious um that that's what i would i would say um is to always be curious and be like a little kid always be curious always ask the question um that amazing that that that's what i would have to share <laughs> amazing nelson thank you very much i really enjoyed you i really enjoyed your story and your strength and your bravery and the lessons that you shared with us um i hope soon again we will, i will have you in my show too <laughs> next time with a different no um no matilda and matilda just a just to kind of reiterate just when people talk about bravery and courage um there's still fear there's still fear um people still cry i cry um i shake you know cry all those things uh have to run to the bathroom afterwards um all those things so it, that's a normal that's part of being a human being this is all one of the when we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro someone said um we don't have to have we don't have to be superman we just have to be willing to do some super things oh nice yeah yeah and that was one of the female climbers who said that i want to do super things too and i'm not there you go i want to do super things very nice thank you nelson yeah. this was amazing matilda uh, matilda thank you for having me on your show thank you <laughs> thanks a lot yeah. all right